Before we get started, there's something I'm really excited to share with you. It's no secret that we think diversifying your income is incredibly important. One way that we do it is by investing in rental properties. We've done a ton of research, interviewed experts, and invested over $100,000 of our own money in income-producing rental properties. I am proud to announce that we're launching Rental Properties for Passive Investors. It's a course on exactly how you can passively invest in rental properties. Like our podcast, it's incredibly actionable and details exactly how we've both purchased and managed our rental properties. It also includes a year of investable, the analysis tool we use to make sure the rental properties we purchase are actually profitable. Finding the deal is half the battle. You need to know your numbers to make a profitable investment. We're running a pre-sale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Money is like oxygen. You don't care about it until you're deprived of it. My name is Matt. I'm here, as always, with Andrew. 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 (laughs) How are you, and what are you drinking? I am very relaxed. Oh, yeah. We've had... I've had a few sessionables, and... Yeah, uh, you have two cucumbers over your eyelids. (laughs) It's really throwing me off. So, I I have to say, I, I lied to you. I said I was going to drink an IPA, and I just my my IPA. So they say IPA is like uh, pumpkin spice lattes for white men that live in Colorado. Yeah, basic. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, m- what tickles me are stouts, especially imperial stouts. I don't care uh. the season; that's just like my jam. Yeah, um, porters as well, but uh, yeah. And and coincidentally, or not coincidentally, Eric uh, from Shafly also sent me an Imperial Stout that is above ten percent, so I can meet you there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm doing that. Oh, it's a what's it called? Is there a name to it's it? It's a Ibex Cellar Shafly Barrel Aged Imperial Stout. Has like Ooh. a. Oh damn, that's a nice mm. bottle. Nice. I mean, it tastes as as I would want it to taste. Listen, um, not not to make plans over uh, a podcast episode, but I really think that you know we did an episode about travel hacking with credit cards, and I think you should get a flight here because the stout scene and the IPA scene here is redonk, and we could just go all over the place and get you all of the stouts and German or or pastry mm. like uh, my ho- my house is full of them in fact uh i usually don't end up drinking them because we i cellar them for so long i just sit on them you oh, know shit. let them age a little mm. bit but i got one here it's in a can and uh it's it's made by a company called World armadillo aleworks oh. no it's a- <laughs> no Close. armadillo aleworks in uh texas oh okay and uh, you can see the can if you look at it. In it's the, pretty pretty basic. It, yeah, so this is not the actual can they sell it out of. Uh, this is a sample. It says not for retail. Wow. So my so a buddy of mine uh, did some volunteer work for the American uh, 
Brewers Association, which is here in Colorado. Obviously. And they had a they had a 2018 World Beer Cup, and he was sorting boxes of sample beers that all of these beer places, like all of these beer uh, from around the world, mm. were sending their beers into Colorado to get judged for some World Beer Cup thing. And they gave him just like I think three or four cases to take Whoa. home for volunteering. Yeah, of all different shit. Now, what a cool thing to like volunteer for. Oh, totally. And he, you know, he was doing physical labor mm. and it helps the children. Helps the children, yep. <laughs> Get their nourishment with their their uh, barley it's and like wine. Bread. Uh, but here's the deal: I had I had a Kazakhstani beer, mm-hmm. like super gross, but I had one. Really? Why, how? Why was I it had gross? like? Because it was, it was like if Budweiser took a shit into another <laughs> Budweiser. <laughs> It was real bad. Okay. It was, it was, and we were glad we had it. We had a, sh- a Shangri-La beer or like a beer from Sri Lanka. Mm. Just, yes, as a country. I don't know. Just like, yeah, places that you just wouldn't expect beer to come yeah. from, they have beer. I thought so like this made it. And so I miss Tibet. But. There's, this is a, uh, this is appropriate because it's called the, it's an Imperial Golden Stout. Mm. It's 10%. Oh, you're it's drinking called... a stout as well. Yeah. Oh, well, you, it's a golden you said you're going to drink an IPA. And I was like, no, no, this no, guy. no, I'm no, a stout. no. Mm. I said I was going to drink a stout if you drank an IPA. Oh, <laughs> that's what we agreed on oh. session boy. But now we're now we're uh, now we're twinsies, mm. except mine's a golden stout, which means it's gold. It's not. Black. OK. And so I'm just curious. What, what does Imperial mean in the name? Is that Imperial just means more alcohol. Yeah. That's why I like the Imperial Stouts. Yeah. Uh, also, fun fact, if you drink a double IPA, it just means more alcohol. Oh, I thought that. And if you drink a, if you drink a triple IPA, it just means more alcohol. Triple. Uh, okay, so yeah, this is a Golden Stout. And the name of the beer, which I think is important and timely and interesting, it's called Brunch Money, bitch. <laughs> No, it's called brunch money. Yeah, I guess. And this is, is what it looks like. Does this look like a stout to you? No, it really doesn't. I no. would, I would say that'd be an L. Just looking at the color. Yeah. So the way they get golden stouts is they use like coffee and chocolate, so it uh, still gives it the stout flavor mm. of like dark roasted stuff, but it's not using dark malts. Just more facts. Anyway, uh, I want to thank. Uh, via Twitter at underscore, I'm assuming Amy Desai. I'll spell that. It's at underscore A M Y D E S A I for our catchphrase this episode. Money, money's like oxygen. You don't care about it until you're deprived of it. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> oh god all right <laughs> anyway uh please send in more catchphrases join the listen money matters community on facebook by visiting listenmoneymatters.com slash community and it's a facebook group and you should send in our catchphrases there so uh now that that's out of the way let's talk about net worth what do you know what net worth you, you know what net worth is yeah tell me i do share um it is a, it is a number. Mm. It's a dollar figure, in America, of your assets minus your liabilities. Ooh, fancy words. 
and that is your basically if you die you are worth x amount of dollars that'll go to somebody probably the government <laughs> i don't know but yeah it's a, it's a number that you as a person are worth because of your of ownership in things the amount of money you have in cash available cash the amount of money you have in investments under your name um minus the things that you have in debts like credit card debt mortgage uh mortgages car loans anything else so if you had like this house that was like that was a hundred thousand dollars say like zillow is like it's a hundred thousand dollars and you have eighty thousand of it in a mortgage your net worth in that scenario would be twenty thousand yeah so i have uh so actually to tell you exactly what i have which is really sad i have a mortgage uh i have a property in South Jersey. It's a little condo that I bought in 2008, <laughs> Monday, October 3rd, <laughs> right 2008. Right before everything halved in value? No, no, on the fucking day, brah. Nice. On the day, October <laughs> They're 3rd. like, dude, you got to get this price in because <laughs> in an hour. <laughs> I've told this story a billion times. Mm, it's just a fun anecdote. Uh, I have a mortgage that is right now I have $133,451.47 left on the mortgage. And my uh, house, the actual condo, according to a Zestimate mm. from Zillow, is worth 149 So take those two numbers, subtract it. Um, I, I have like $15,000 roughly. Nice. In, that's good. I in, mean, that in is. In assets. It's something. That's, yeah. But that's a Zestimate, though. I mean, how? Come on. Tell me how reliable <laughs> are Zestimates. You know, if someone's willing to pay it, I guess it's just like a it's an arbitrary yeah mm. so all right here's a story so uh, you know for the for as long as i've known you we've been we've been pushing mint.com mm. because mint was this free way to track all your expenses your bill pay the budgeting your budgeting tool is your... awesome i literally yeah. took a week off of work to write an ebook called mastering mint <laughs> right right which is still available yeah. right so Mint's great. I mean, for that reason, it's still and, like it. And it is free, which is free. awesome. It got bought out by Intuit, mm. which is which owns QuickBooks and TurboTax Quicken, and shit like that. Yeah. Quicken, yeah. So um, really, they own Quicken? Yeah. I think that was their wow. original, maybe. Oh, okay. So I logged into Mint. <laughs> I get back on the podcast. I'm like, you know what? I, and I've, not, I've been a Mint person but it's just always kind of worked you know it's just always kind of worked in the background yeah. i never really had to pay attention to it i never used a budgeting tool um and i'm notoriously known for like not a, i'm not a budgeter yeah which which maybe explains some of the situations you've gotten into <laughs> in the that's probably yeah that's possible yeah so i log into mint and first of all it was a pain in the ass to get into because i haven't been in it so long but I noticed like all my accounts were doubled up and I was like, oh, I have so much like backlogged. I had to like figure this all out. It was a pain in my ass. So I ended up, uh, someone told me about, I mean, I knew about personal capital, but someone's like, yeah, I use, I don't use them. I use personal capital. And I was like, okay, well, let me, let me try that. I mean, you know, whatever. It's free also. So I set up a personal capital account. Uh, you know, added in all of my personal stuff. So I, I excluded all of my like, business shit so mm -hmm. personal capital only shows my cash on hand which is my simple bank account right my investment accounts which are betterment uh i have a betterment roth and a betterment you know 
uh, brokerage. My three cre- active credit cards that I use for personal stuff. My car loan, which is a lease, and my mortgage, and that's it. So that's all I'm looking at in personal capital. And so to me, I felt personal capital sh- really highlights your net worth, right? So to, to be clear, like, and, and I, I want to get into the story again. Mint is <clears throat> super skewed towards budgeting. Like it is... Mm-hmm. For someone who needs or wants to budget, and I kind of think that they should be one in the same, like, yeah. dude, you should budget, but uh, <laughs> I do still, yeah. I, and I hopefully always will. Mint is awesome at that. Personal Capital yeah. does a light touch of that, but it is far more a net worth and wealth building tool, yeah. or Mint just is not at all remotely. Right. So I still have my Mint account. I, I really like it because uh, it shows my credit score and it keeps it updated. Mm-hmm. So right now my credit score is 826, which is... That's awesome, dude. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's... I, I, every time, it, if it goes up by one point, I screenshot my mom a picture of it. It's like <laughs> oh a cool, it's a cool little... Does she put it on her she, fridge? She, she knows. She knows that like I've had bad... I mean, I that I did all this work to like build up all my credit uh the only thing that is like sort of a ding against me is that i have my average age of credits only five and a half years mm. i don't have like a long credit age which you know you are will come. severe so i don't know if mint is the one and only for the credit score mine, no. mine is 737 really i i suspect it's because i've bought a lot of rental properties yes i would imagine yeah because uh I was like crazy about optimizing it. I haven't looked. Well, I, I would also imagine you probably don't have a lot of uh, open lines of credit. Like you probably don't have uh, a high credit to debt ratio. You know, I, I had all my balances in my like maximum balances, like on my Amazon card and Fidelity card, like increased. Um, but I don't have many because I don't know. I just don't. See, I think I have like close to ninety thousand dollars in, in credit. Well, oh and like yeah. credit card potential. Potential that I could I could spend oh, okay. on. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe I and have they, like they fifty or sixty. Yeah, they won't give me any more. <laughs> I tried. I just I always kind of once in a while try to up it. But so so I, I log into personal capital and I set everything up and I see this number. It's net worth and then underneath it has assets and liabilities. And my net worth right now is seventy five thousand five hundred and twenty three dollars. And I looked at that and said, "I feels shitty. Should, should that feel shitty or should that feel good? Knowing who I am and where I am and all those things. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you came from humble beginnings, which sure. I think there is, there's something to say about that. Okay. Um, you are earning quite a bit now. So that should perhaps factor into it. Um, okay. But I wasn't. So we, we actually we actually have uh, this article, and on a, like average net worth by age, and by forty, the average net worth for Americans is thirty five thousand. No way. Yeah, but I don't. So, so I'm above average. Well, <laughs> maybe not Barely. for Colorado. You Fair. know, or well, no, I mean, I would imagine or your peers. Maybe not for Boulder, <laughs> but 
I, I think based on your current income, it, it needs to be higher. But I think, yeah. look, first of all, for many people, like I, I have a buddy who earns an insane amount and his wife's a lawyer and owns even more than him. And collectively, the two of them earn more than half a million a year. But they have insane, but they have all yeah. equally insane amounts of uh, student loan debt. Yeah. Um, no, like really no credit card debt, whatever. And it was like, I want to say about a year ago, he celebrated his uh, his zero where, where like his net worth was zero dollars. Oh, and not negative. Right. Like after like 12 ish years of working and the labor force, blah, blah, blah. So 75 is good. It's not zero. OK. OK. Um, here's my question. So I saw this number and I'm looking at, and this is just personal. This has nothing to do with my, my business like does not factor into this. This is like, I'm a paid employee of my own business. So I get a paycheck every two weeks, mm-hmm. like anybody else. And I have an investment account. It's through Betterment. I have a Roth IRA, a regular Betterment account. I have three credit cards for personal one. I only, one, I only use the Sapphire reserve, but I have them all in here. They're, they're at a zero balance. Uh, my car loan is not really a loan because it's a lease, so it balances out to zero every month after I pay it. It's so, I mean, technically, it's a commitment that you made, so you have to. It's a commitment, yeah, and it but it basically remains at zero. It's not a loan technically. Mm. Um, and I have my house in 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 South Jersey, and uh, I'm what I was wondering was, and I'm kind of like looking to you for guidance on this. This number, this metric, right? Is this something that is my north star of basically being a a personal finance like baller? You know, like somebody who like values personal finance and 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 wants to really uh, have credibility in this in the industry, but also like among other people. Is this the number that sort of? Look, I just want to say I'm not sure we could ever get you credibility. Matt, <laughs> I thought I thought this was it. I thought I had it locked down. I, I mean, oh, man. working on what if it. I had what if I had seventy six thousand? Well, may, maybe I could talk right. to the bureau and they can okay. uh, look talk to the, uh, the council of elders. I, I actually I don't want to say like live and die by the number, but I think it most accurately represents what you're doing. And, and maybe a great example is you have this property. Whether you live in it yeah. or, or renting it, you know, you have a mortgage and people uh, that I talk to often focus on the, the debt number. Like I bought this place for 100 and I have 80 in debt. And so now I have like 80,000 in debt and I just I can't deal with it. It's like I'm not able to sleep. And uh, I think it is looking through maybe the wrong lens because mm-hmm. you actually are positive in value. And right, because you could sell that property right. and, and have that. It, it's liquid. It can be liquid quickly. And, and Well, home, maybe not homes as quickly as, say, stock. Sure. But you, what you could do is, is you're essentially using the debt to amp your assets, which will amp your right. net worth. So you're like right. borrowing at like 4% or whatever it is. And then maybe your asset, like your home, on average, they appreciate 3%. And mm-hmm. if you're renting it out, you're going to make even more. So... Mm-hmm. I, I think in lieu of like looking at debts, which could just be depressing. Like I have an enormous amount of debt, but net worth paints a much different picture. 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at my liabilities, they're at one hundred and thirty-six thousand five hundred and fifty-eight dollars, and that's all. Most of that is from my my mortgage, the mortgage that I have outstanding, and a little bit of credit card debt that I have for this month that will be paid off at the end of the month. But it's there now, right? Because we're in the middle of August when we're recording this, so that's a lot of debt, and that debt's really not going to go down unless I like aggressively pay off that mortgage. And the, and the 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 more aggressively I pay off that mortgage, and I keep my assets at the same level, then my net worth goes up, right? Because yeah. my assets are set at two hundred and twelve thousand. Mm. So if I aggressively pay down my mortgage, which limits my liabilities, that net worth goes up. So this is no, sort but, of why. But see, but see, it doesn't. So if you have, say, you had like a hundred thousand dollar property. Right, yeah, or no? Yeah. Or just just say say you had like a hundred thousand dollars and eighty thousand cash, cash, and eighty thousand okay. in debt. So your net worth is twenty, right? Yes. Now, if you took eighty thousand of that cash you had and paid off your well, debt, you still yeah. only have twenty thousand dollars. So, you, well, that's assuming that's assuming that I'm not taking the existing cash that's there to to use it to pay down my my liabilities, right? I'm saying like. Any new cash that comes in from this point forward, if I if I took all of my cash, this from starting right now at two hundred and twelve thousand dollars in assets, mm. and I took all new cash going forward, meaning like paychecks, and I put all of that money towards paying off my mortgage, mm. right, hundred percent of it, that is going to increase my net worth. Absolutely. Okay. It, it would also increase your net worth if it was just kept in cash, although obviously not as good. Because you wouldn't, you because my liability, right? Because you, yeah. you there's interest on your debt, but sure. you know maybe the the most ideal is like if your mortgage payment is good and you're okay yeah. with it and whatever, you could take that extra cash and invest that cash, invest it, which could in, end up making you more. And and so you have to like compare right. what you could possibly do with those dollars. Maybe say seven percent on average versus four percent you'd save paying down your yeah. debt. So here's what I want to do. I want to take like this number, this net worth number. Yeah. You know, it's important, right? Is it the only number or is it or is it like now that I'm in this position where I have no credit card debt, I have, you know, I'm I'm at, I'm at, a, I'm at a is this the new metric that I need to pay attention to and are there other metrics depending on the situation that you're in as, you know, going through your personal finance journey, you know, is is debt the magic number first, right? I feel like whenever and someone then, and asks then, a question like that, the answer is like, like it, are sheep only alive for wool? You know, that's a, that's a bad they? one. But the answer is no. You know, we also okay. So 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 no, it's it's not the only number. You know, what is this the number? You, do you use this number? Do you have a do you have this available to you? That you is this your North Star number? Mine has uh, become more complicated to to figure out, but uh, I that I it's pretty much the only number that I personally use to determine how I'm doing uh, financially. Yeah, based on my expectations and uh, anything else, I feel is a little diluted. Like I have an enormous amount of debt. You do, yeah. But I mean, where's it at? Where's it at? Like, where is that debt? In properties. So In properties. So in the, the, the home that I live in, um, in my rental properties, and if you sum it up, you'd probably just, like, vomit the amount of... <laughs> but but if you only saw that number, yeah. Right. But that's not the entire story. Exactly. And so okay. I, 
I sometimes I get into the weeds on specific areas that I feel like there are issues, but high level, if you want to know if you're doing good, net worth is, is like it, I think. It is the North Star, mm. then. For me, at least. Okay. Uh, so I want to uh, take a break mm. real quick, and I want to talk about you know, how to manipulate that number in, in your favor. So I'm looking at this number now, and I'm saying there's a lot of choices I can make to improve that number, mm. right? And, and, and I want to be smart about those choices, but right now, the, the way it looks to me is like the fastest route to doing that is, paying, is getting the liability to go down. So let's take the, your and details, the, and we will amp your net worth. You know, and you're in, Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to amp my net worth right here live. Andrew's just going to Venmo me money to amp my net Look at worth. That. I he just grew it. your net worth by $10. Venmo you. Wow. He, you heard it here first, folks. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right. I got the Venmo. It's in my account. Okay. Now I'm at $75,533. Thank you. Nailed it. I don't know how. Personal capital you know, did all the math and, and internet connections to make that work, but here we are. So yeah, I mean I'm I'm like I'm using my personal situation. I'm staring at I'm staring at my my net worth and I'm like, okay, how do I take that seventy five thousand up to what I mean, where do I want it to be? Mm. That's the question. Like you know, I said that to you. I said, is seventy five good? You said based on the average, it's the average is what, thirty five or something at forty years old, which I'm not yet, as much as you want to believe that i am so that is that is the average but uh i think that there should be like uh, we should focus on the above average all right is there is there a specific number goal i should be i should be like striving towards because so, i actually get this question a lot from friends who say you know um where i'm 35 i'm 37 i'm whatever age how much should be in my like how much should i have in cash right now or how much should I have invested? Right. Like they want to know how much I should have saved for retirement. And I actually don't know the answer to that. I mean, at least off the top of my head. So when they ask me. I, there, there was something that I honestly have kind of, uh, used as a personal litmus test to see if mm -hmm. I'm doing good. Um, there's this guy, uh, he, he writes, uh, he created the financial samurai. Um, and okay. it was, it was a big inspiration for me when I was like first starting. My, it's a website, right? Yeah, so he has a website, and it was a big inspiration for me, even before Listen Money Matters, just kind of, I resonated with him a lot. And yeah. uh, he has um, an article that, that we'll link to. It's the average net worth for the above average person. Got and, it. Um, if you if you average things out, you know, they're going to be low, maybe you can't resonate with it. I, I wanted something more uh, aggressive. And so he has like, for older savers or low end income, middle savers or mid end income, and younger savers or high end income. And I guess younger savers meaning you started early, yeah, you know, and you're very aggressive, or you just make right. a lot of money. Right. And he bases it on the number of years worked. Okay. So, how many years have you worked, Matt? Well, technically, I've been working since I was 13. But if <laughs> we're being, <laughs> it's true. But if we're being uh, like. Actually working. I was I would cleaning say, the dinner table when I was six and not getting paid for it. Just want to put that out there. So <laughs> I had, yeah, right. No, no, I was working in an actual place. I got a paycheck at thirteen. Uh, but aren't there child labor full, laws? 
Ah, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I'm I was. So I don't sorry. know how it was possible. You were sold into child labor. We only worked the weekends, and I spent all my money. We went, used to like get our paychecks. We used to walk across the street to Wachovia Bank at the time. I had Wachovia as well. Cashed it, mm. and then our parents would drop us off at Walmart, which was new at the time. And we used to just buy like hot dogs, cap guns, bubble gum, and just blow our entire seventy dollars <laughs> at, at Walmart that night, that weekend. Um, so I uh, I full time started working. Uh, I was in high school, so I was uh, when I was seventeen. I could drive. I was so say, seventeen. When, I, when I met you, like I feel like one of the things that I I felt was like this is a guy who's had too many hot dogs. I've had too many. I'm Slimer. I've had too many hot dogs. <laughs> they just fall right through. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So 17, I had a full-time job. I had a car, car payment, all that stuff. So 17. Mm. Getting a paycheck, all that stuff. <laughs> so how many years is that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm 35 now. Let's say uh, three uh, 10, 13, uh, 18 years. <laughs> Carry the one. 18 years? <laughs> 18 years. <laughs> Sounds like bullshit, but that means on the low end, you should have uh, 200,000. Shit. <laughs> on the mid end, you should have 550. And on the high end, you should have 750. But let's say let's say you have 13 years experience. I We're, we're roughly the same age. I think that I have 13. I, I count like after college, graduated. Yeah. You know, yeah, I didn't go to college. Yeah, I was working right. while you well, were in college. So then you're, you're. I have more years. <laughs> let's let's pretend. Well, we'll give you the benefit. So if you were doing, no, thir- I don't want. I don't want the benefit. I want the reality. <laughs> I don't want a fucking mulligan. I want a reality. The reality is worse. I know, but I then it means I have something to work towards. Look, like you know me, like if you did, if you did go to college, on the low end it'd be one fifty, mid three fifty, okay. high five hundred. Still, so I'm way under where I should be. Yeah, I think so. Okay, all right. Um, do you think I should be paying attention to that low number, the high number, the mid number? Where do you, where do you think I should I should fall into range? Not, not to whatever, this is not to say anything, but I think you should focus on the low number because first of all, like if you can meet that number, then you are an above average individual, right? Like first Got of it. all, at forty, so forty is roughly eighteen years of working. Okay, right? Yeah, this is and like so I really thirty five so, is right. thirteen years of working, uh, you know. Okay. So, um, so I have five years on a lot of people. Or, because I because I didn't go to college. Right. right exactly. And then I guess okay. you just didn't do much with that. No, <laughs> I squandered it. But I, I guess I guess the point is like, so say say it was forty forty, uh, the average net worth is thirty five thousand. Which yeah. feel like, it's, yeah, that's the average. Those are people who don't listen to personal finance podcasts, don't give a sure. shit. They reach 60. Yep. They're like, how can I retire? <laughs> I'm ready to start right. working on it. Like, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. So, right. uh, but for someone who's like conscious about it, I think like 35, 150 is, is reasonable. So, right. so you. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, so I'm about $75,000 off. So I need to double my net worth. In in a year, <laughs> you you have some ground to cover, and and you could right. cover that ground if you were diligent. Tell me how you would cover that ground, knowing. Not, you don't have to use my example, mm. like knowing who I am, like because yeah. you could just be like, uh, do another product, or you know, <laughs> sell some sponsorships <laughs> for this podcast. Like that's 
not everyone can do that. So what would you do so if, if it was yeah. uh, earlier in this episode, you're bragging about your credit score. What, what yes, are you I waiting was. for? I'm sorry. Right. No, no, it's, it's I'm great. Sorry. I'm sorry for bragging. No, no, it's it, dude. Huh. You have an awesome credit score. And uh, I'm like, when are you going to use it when you die? Um, yeah, you have you have credit. That's going to be on my tombstone. His credit <laughs> score was eight twenty three. Matt died with a credit score of one thousand. The only man, <laughs> the only man who could get over the eight forty <laughs> limit, purely uh, achieved through travel hacking. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, he he, <laughs> he wrote this tombstone himself. <laughs> like there's an asterisk at the bottom, like. We do not guarantee that he made <laughs> paid for by his paltry paid network. For. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so what? <laughs> uh, paltry is a great word. Uh, so, yeah. What do I do? Wait, is that what I ask? What? What? Yeah, I, you were so, bragging. I was all right. So I was bragging about my credit score. Fine. Uh, what do you mean use it? You mean buy some shit? So, so yeah, essentially. Um, okay. What has? Okay, so. Um, in terms of income for rental properties, we, we get like good income from it, but um, something that I didn't really plan for or honestly give a shit about, and I'm kind of whatever about now, is is like we've only engaged in deals that before we even started, like on the books, looked like it would be over 20% cash on cash a year. So like 20% return a year. Oh, I mean, more okay. than that. Before you even get started, and there's vacancies, and obviously the number comes down, yeah. right? So say say like you have like a really it's terrible setup and just not working for you, and you're in like you start with over twenty, and you're ending at like fifteen percent a year. You're gaining in cash. Yeah. That's great. That money goes into your bank account. Um, can increase your net worth. But then the icing on the cake, not added into that number, is appreciation, and. Uh, Mm. Laura and I have uh, four properties this time and inadvertently, you know, not not through planning, like an enormous amount of the growth has come through appreciation. And so I'm not saying like, so the only way to do it is through properties, but I think it's through assets that can grow and either using cash that you have or... And this is kind of what I was like poking at your your credit score, leveraging like your high lendability to earn more because like so say it only takes you um, ten thousand down payment for a property, and then the rest is essentially your credit. You will be you just amplify like it's like a I, I feel like it's right. a cheat code. Yeah, but that would mean I'd have to buy property. And rent it out. So an alternative, um, obviously, look, look, the yields will be the best if you go and find your own property. You know, mm-hmm. you do all that. I mean, because you keep all of it. Um, on average, Fundrise for us has been a little over 12%. Um, they're, they're like medium tier deals. So like Vanguard REITs aren't competing in that space. They need much bigger things because they have a lot of money, you know, and it's not like in the... One hundred, two hundred thousand dollar property range that we would compete in, so they're kind of this mm-hmm. middle area, um, you know. And so you kind of get like the best of both. You get like a higher yield. You don't. You're not like it's. It's extremely low touch. 
not as great as if you're doing it yourself, but far better than, than not doing it. Let's assume I don't want property mm. because I have a piece of property here that is uh, appreciating, but it, it, it hadn't appreciated in 10 years. In fact, I bought it for 180 when it was worth 180 and it's now worth 150. Mm. Okay. It's been 10 fucking years. Uh, it hasn't appreciated at all ever. I'm a little skeptical in the housing market. Um, mm. What happens if I'm what if we're at the top of the market right now and I'm like, yeah, it's been ten years, I'll do it again, and then I get my, you know, ass handed to me again. Uh, what's another alternative to to like boost those numbers without buying rental property or investing in something like Fundrise, which personally, like, I don't know anything about. Not to say that it's not good, mm. but honestly, like, I've Look, I don't know much about I, it. I know? would I would optimize your your costs, and I'd say in like two ways. One, so your net worth is seventy five, but your assets are two whatever, and so yeah. there's a gap in there, that's debt, yep. and debt has a cost, and so yep. an easy way is to optimize that, right? To lower the debt. No, I don't. I don't necessarily mean to lower the debt. I mean lower the cost of the debt. Like the cost of the debt is the interest rate. So if your interest rate was three percent versus twenty percent, you know, yeah, okay, okay. So right now I can tell you that my mortgage debt or my mortgage interest is four point five. Four point five. Yeah. Now I've actually thought about this. I have this mortgage that I'm sitting on. Mm -hmm. I've paid ten years into it, so I have twenty years left on the mortgage. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm still paying a, a, a shitload in interest, not a lot in principal. Uh, a couple of things have come up that I've been thinking a lot about one because that, because like to me, that's the, that's what's really causing all of the liabilities. All the liabilities are in this mortgage. I wish you would have refinanced like two, three years ago. So I did do a, I did a streamline refinance, which ended up bringing my interest rate from 5.5 to 4.5. So I dropped it a full percentage without increasing the length of my loan. Mm -hmm. So I'm still paying the 30 years as it was day one, but my interest rate went, my interest rate went down by one point. So That's I was like, awesome. I'll take That's the a point. Huge win. Yeah, for sure. Didn't have to come out and do any like, uh, you know, checking of the property. Like it was all over the phone one day. Mm. I was like, yeah, I'll take the point. But now I'm do you like, remember what your monthly cost went from to and then to? No, I mean I I know I was paying over fifteen hundred dollars a month for my mortgage, and now I'm closer to fourteen. Mm. Uh, but I was thinking there's I have a few options, right? I could take all available cash that I have and instead of investing it into betterment, let's say, I could be investing it into paying down that debt. Right? I'm just saying it's an option. I'm not yeah, I saw your face. <laughs> I'm saying it's an option. The other one was what if I refinanced and brought it back up to 30 years? Mm. And now my monthly payments are lower, but at least if my monthly payments are lower, I have a rental property, rental income's coming in. And it'll actually give me a little extra cash to maybe pay down the mortgage faster. I don't know. So, so like, I, I, yeah, that or sell the goddamn thing. Okay. So, um, three this, this is a random options. rental property that I have not. Well, I actually, not seen, it was that, and I don't. I, I mean, I've we've shared details, but I don't remember. Yeah. So I guess I, I would if I was you, I would wonder like is this a cool area would i want to live here is there value here well it's it's a nice brand new property 
Okay, but uh, if it's a brand new property in, in the middle of Alaska, it might not be much yeah. competition, much appreciation. So yeah, I would say um, the the mortgage is just the cheapest money as a person you will get, except for an auto loan, which is right. buying this insanely. Dip- you might as well just light your cash on fire because. So yeah, so so meaning meaning the interest rate is the lowest I'm going to get. As a as a loan, it's to the me. best opportunity to amplify your return. Of course, right? And so Got the it. question is like, yep. you have this mortgage, and what is it going towards? So, um, over the long term, you will certainly pay more if you refinance to a fresh thirty year. Yeah. However, you will then start to take money in a month because of the rental income, right? Right. Uh, yep. as, as part of it, are you going to lose equity? I guess you, you just reset I don't know. the length. I don't know how I don't, I thought you knew, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, so, no, you know, refinancing is just like basically getting a new, a new loan for the amount that the house is worth right and now. Just over 30 years. So you pay, over 30 years again. Yeah. So, I mean, so it would significantly reduce the price that I pay in my mortgage per month. Here's the thing. However, it's back so, to 30 so let, years. Let's follow and, this yeah. because. So uh, I think like intrinsically, it's like a really like intrinsically everyone wants to be like, no, don't do it. That's a terrible deal. However, yeah. if you were in a home that was underwater and you yeah. had lost your job, whatever, you know, in 2008, 2009, you might have sold your home and lost money just to stem the bleeding. Like just, you know, make yourself well, so whole. I- and so, yeah, so a lot of my friends bought at that same time because we're all the, roughly the same age. And I had people who did – I had two friends who did short sales, which I don't want to do, also can't do because I make too much money. Not, I'm not, it's not a brag. It's They literally won't short sell my house because they're like, well, technically you can afford both places. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, or go live there, you idiot. Like, I yeah, but I, I decided to move In your scenario, country, so. I would say um, I would optimize for cash flow. So – I would so bring in more cash, right? Because at the end of the day, uh, look, who gives a shit? You're not going to be out of your mortgage for 23 years, 30 years. 20. I mean, what difference does it make? And the point, I from my view, is not to be over with the mortgage. The point is to get the highest return for my cash. Yeah. To 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 grow my net worth the fastest, and so I think in your scenario. Um, if you were to make positive cash a month, like the appreciation, like whatever, obviously it chooses sure. the net worth, but um, the the bank's money is on the line anyways. Like I I, I would do that. So you're you're basically suggesting you know I'm looking at uh, personal capital and I'm look I'm looking at my cash, my investments, my loan, my mortgage, whatever. You're saying boost the cash number. And let the mortgage just kind of go, because and the cash number being <laughs> make more money. So you have it as an investment, right? Yeah, and it's an, yeah, and it's positive. And so your the right? return on your investment is the money you make in the month. I mean, like uh, is is the net value of the asset, the net the net worth of the asset, right? So it's like how much does the property yield in terms of income mm-hmm. minus like interest costs, um, mm-hmm. and then plus appreciation. And so appreciation will probably remain consistent to whatever it was. Yep. Um, yeah. But if you can pocket some cash uh, and then perhaps invest that into other things, you know, the, it's that whole time value of money thing. 
cash today is worth more than cash tomorrow. Right. Um, and so ultimately, like, you're saying I should be investing in other things and not investing in paying down my mortgage. But I just want to be really clear that this is a home that you're not living in. It is a rental Correct. property. And so that yeah, makes sense. If you're living in it, I would say that would be a terribly stupid decision to. Yeah, because you're, yeah, you're getting that value. Because the home you live in is not an investment. I mean, it just isn't. Right. Right. It's an, it's a, yeah, it's a utility. Mm. It's, it's a roof over your it's head. It's an expense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also an asset. It's both. Right. Um, but no, now it's to me, it's a to me, it's a burden, but it, it is it is positive. It's positive about fifteen fifteen thousand, and it's clearly as long as the uh, the zestimate doesn't go the other way, and I'm going to continue to pay down my mortgage, which I do every month. Like those, that numbers that that gap is going to widen, which is going to increase my net worth over time. And I would, I would speculate that because the cost at you know four point five percent, you know the cost is yeah. so low that uh, you could yield more with the cash that you're sucking out if you had to reduce your monthly costs. Right. And then take that cash, put it towards something like Betterment. Yeah. Or, or, or literally any other investment. Another rental property, you know, whatever. There, there's a, a slew yeah, of things. Because, uh, because ultimately I'm losing 4.5%, but I could be gaining 7 to 12% in other places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so... You know, and as you look at this number, like it's it's really like I always say this to people: it's very easy to take away. You know, it's very easy to look at a number like seventy-five and see that oh, the potential is two hundred, mm-hmm. and so all I have to do is lower the liability number, and I'll it'll it'll goose my net worth, right? It's a very easy thing to do. Yes, and it's less risky mm-hmm. to do that because you're paying down debt. But- risk is return so you know right. you have to take some amount of risk to make any amount of money right so i could go the other way with it and say well uh you know i have this available cash uh, I, have a, I have about four thousand dollars just sitting in a checking account i could take that money throw it towards betterment mm-hmm. and that would also and it's not going to increase my net worth but it could increase my net worth faster than it just sitting in cash in my checking account. so if you put that whole four thousand in to betterment, would you have any cash remaining? No. So, because so I wouldn't do that, obviously. Well, but. no, no. I, I just think it's worth saying that, like, uh, it is super important that you keep that there. Just that's like your buffer from like shit going wrong. Yes. Because I think a lot yeah, of people, is, I mean, included, want to get like every ounce out of every dollar, and let me just like optimize this to the max. Yeah. And you wind up taking on like far too much risk as a result. Right. Yeah, which is why that money's still sitting there. It's sort mm. of a buffer for me. And it's not a lot, it's not a huge buffer, but it's just there. And it's kind of always there because I have my automation set up to like automatically invest in in Betterment every month and to automatically pay my mortgage payments and, you know, those things are all taken care of and so that number kind of just sits where it is, mm. you know. Uh and if I have to goose it, I could obviously pay myself more for my own business or, you know, in the, in the case of like getting a raise at work or, you know, waiting for the bonus to come in or your tax returns or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, th- there's I really ultimately what I should be doing in order to goose my net worth, at least from this conversation, is limit my expenses so that I do have more cash. Right. Mm-hmm. And use that cash to put into 
an invest investment of some type. So so yes, and and I want to maybe like pull back to just the overall tracking aspect, or perhaps just mm-hmm. like um, high level looking at it because yeah, um, like one like it's a litmus test for like how well you're doing, right? And like yep. there's room for growth, and so that you can have like action plans, like you said, it's like growing, mm-hmm. but uh, like. Tools like personal capital also like provide you with opportunities. So we were talking about costs, and I, I know, or you said you do have a four hundred one k. No, I have a Roth IRA. Okay, so like if you had a four hundred one k, you know they have like a tool that'll help you optimize the costs in your four hundred one k. And often, okay, there's there's no correlation between high cost and high performance, mm-hmm. and so. If you were to say take your fees from like two percent to like one percent over time, you dramatically improve your net worth just by like right. flipping that switch. Yeah. And so, in terms of like net worth tools, I feel like they have a lot. But you have to pay for those. No, no, they're free. And then, like, that's what Bloom does, right? <laughs> so, so Bloom, Bloom will, yeah, they'll help you like get your. Your 401ks out of the shitter. Yeah. So I don't have that. Um, but if I did like that, <laughs> that, that would be helpful. Uh, you know, I, obviously Betterment kind of does that for you. Mm. Like at least in the IRA side of things, like they're sort of optimizing as you go. Right. Mm. Um, so right now I think like investment wise, uh, there's nothing I could really optimize besides lowering my expenses. But- and. God. Uh, no, no, you said, but and then I, then I sucked my teeth like that. Well. <laughs> I, I guess um, the the one thing is like it's like net worth is this arbitrary number that like obviously mm-hmm. you want to be higher, not at the expense of all things, and and like the question is like to what extent, um, right? And chances are you're in this like setup where you're earning now, and then at like say sixty sixty five you will not be earning. Are earning in a much limited capacity, yeah, and then you're like drawing down on that that yep. net worth, right? And so, retirement calculators, like ones that don't suck, that are actually like super hardcore, use like Monte Carlo simulations and blah blah blah, are super helpful in like determining like is your net worth okay? Because at the end of the day, I don't know, like maybe you spend thirty thousand dollars a year. And you aspire to go just live in the woods in Alaska, like all those books mm-hmm. and movies, you know, then you don't need a right. lot. And then you're on track and you could use a tool to essentially make sure that you're on track to that goal. And right. so while like, you know, we talked about the average in the US and the like the mm-hmm. quote unquote like above average individual average. Yeah, that's not a good that's not a good thing. What? Because the because like well, in America Average, average in anything personal finance is never good, right? Yeah, I think the average in most things, unfortunately, is not that great. Yeah, yeah. never good, right? And so, uh, if, if you could ground the net worth in like a specific goal of like what you want or need, you know, and obviously it will change, right? And the tools right. let you account for that, like that. Then at least you know you're on track. But if I want to be a billionaire playboy at you know, 65, I'm way off track. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, am. Yeah. You, you should am. consider uh, starting like a personal finance website or something to 
I'll look into it. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Uh, all right. Well, dude, I, this is kind of a uh, um, this episode was sort of. I definitely want to talk about net worth. I think we absolutely covered it and its importance. But I also kind of think this was a sort of glimpse into what's been going on with me for the last three years since I've been absent from the show. So we could probably loop this into, uh, you know, this financial life at the same time. There you go. You know? So it was like this so- This financial life with Matt, parentheses, net worth not so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, parentheses, please delete in the future. Do not record this episode. So, uh, yeah, if we missed anything that we that you think we should have talked about in this episode when it comes to... Uh, you know, tracking and, and paying attention to your net worth. Uh, you know, join the Listen Money Matters community on Facebook and we'll continue the conversation there. You can just go to listenmoneymatters.com slash community. And if you missed anything in this episode uh, because you were, you know, zoning out while you were driving or, you know, zoning out while you were cooking or just zoning out while you were... Having sex, which is where most having, people yeah, consume this. Most people do that. Working out or sex? What is it? I don't know. Uh, you can. We'll have everything in the show notes. Have you? Remember, you remember that bit from uh, Adam Sandler's CD? No. Work, work out or sex? Tell, uh, yeah, can you, can, you, can you share it? Uh, you, you kind of you, you get the idea. All right, fine. It's they play audio <laughs> clips. Is this is this somebody working out or having sex? And yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, if you if you missed anything during the show uh, because of. Uh, listening to an Adam Sandler CD from back in the 90s. Uh, you can check your preferred podcast app, or you can visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us and point them to your favorite episodes, and maybe they'll become a subscriber too. And then you can have conversations about uh, what you learned on the show or what you didn't learn. <laughs> or What you hope to learn and just didn't materialize. Yeah, whatever. Or, hey, I found this great CD by Adam Sandler, and it's very funny. Uh, If you have any questions you'd like us to talk about on the show or any topics you'd like us to discuss, email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. All the tools and resources that we normally mention on this show and that we mentioned on this specific show will be available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. Think we got it covered? That's it. Later, Andrew. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 